Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great edition of Talking Ticks. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, we've got your post-Peach Bowl particulars here. Uh, a great, great game for LSU. They, they just absolutely crushed Oklahoma, 63-28, to uh, propelling them into the uh, their first college football playoff finals, uh, first under Coach O, first for the team, first for the program, first for everybody. Uh, and it's great. Um, I mean, they just absolutely killed them, which we are going to get into. Uh, but first, I just wanted to let you know, if you are not already following us, please do so at Talkin' Tigs on Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook as the Talkin' Tigs podcast. And we're on iTunes and Spotify as well. Before we get going, I want to check in with my co-host and see how you guys are doing. How's it going, guys? Man, it's great. I got to go to Atlanta, enjoy the game. We got to meet up, which was cool. Got to see mm-hmm. you. And, uh, you know, the whole town was uh, pretty much purple. I'm telling you, you know, they were, I was talking to you all you know, d- during the uh, weekend, and I, I swear it was like three, four, five, six to one LSU fans to OU fans. So good good on everybody for traveling well. Glad we got the win. And now, you know, it's one game left. And uh, one game left to make history. One game left to uh, to complete that mission. So, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm itching for it. Yeah, I had a great time too. Wish I could have been there in Atlanta with y'all, but I was in Baton Rouge holding it down, uh, manning the social media accounts, sending out some posts while the game was going on, watching it with the family. But we had an amazing time. Oklahoma football. You've been impeached uh, at the Peach Bowl. <laughs> LSU <laughs> took them out. Uh, just ran up the score. I said before the season that LSU wouldn't score 60 in a game, and lo and behold, we've done it in a playoff game. Uh, so it's just pretty insane to see, and I'm just so excited to get ready for the national championship. I know. I, I, I don't know if anyone could have imagined, and you know, had I got a chance to talk to anybody on the team, I would ask them because I don't even know if, if they thought that they were going to score 63 in the college football playoff game, I would have thought, you know, they're just dreaming or they are, you know, they're just being cocky. Uh, I don't know if any of the coaches would have imagined that, uh, but they did. I mean, it was just insane. They were up 49-14 to 14 at halftime. They had, they had uh, I think, five straight touchdowns. You know, Oklahoma had punt, punt, interception. Uh, you know, just uh, they never really were in the game. Uh, I mean, they had some good plays, obviously, but LSU just up and ran away with it. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow breaking rec- records as usual. Um Saw a nice little uh, little flurry of running back activity since uh, Clyde was a little um, uh, I don't know he you know he wasn't his normal self obviously but uh, everyone else looked good and uh, what can you say about the defense uh, I mean I think Daniel and I were kind of close we had him pegged at I think 28 and 24 respectively that they would hold Oklahoma to and that's about what it was um, but I mean that was a lot of those were you know garbage garbage time TDs. Um, two of them were, obviously, in the second half. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know, Tommy. I, I, I don't know if they could play any better. I, I know earlier this season I said I don't think there's anyone that LSU can't beat, and obviously, you know, that still holds. But I don't know. From what I saw Saturday, I would say, I don't know. They look they look unbeatable. Is that, uh, is that too, too far-fetched to say? It really seems like it. I, I think that this team is not only playing on another level – on the field, they're not only playing on the lower level, you know, schematically with Joe Brady and Coach Insminger, and but I mean, there's there's something about this team that's different. I think everybody sees it. That's why we all talked about, you know, this is a historic season. We all need to savor it because they they play with moxie. There's something about Burrow. There's something about Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I mean, you just look at the way that they uh, the, the 
the big difference between LSU and Oklahoma when they were talking to the press uh, prior to this uh, this um, this game. You know, they were loose. You could tell they were confident. You know, pa- uh, Patrick Queen was was talking a little bit of trash. Rashard Lawrence was talking about how you know how they're ready. And this whole team is they're bought in. And I, you know, it's hard to it's hard to bet against them. I, you know, obviously. Yeah. Uh, LSU is the favorite right now going going into the national championship. That might uh, I don't know if that's going to change, but it might get closer as we get closer to game time and people start talking up Clemson, uh, which is a, a formidable team. But after watching that performance and seeing it live, I mean that was LSU didn't just beat Oklahoma; they beat down Oklahoma. That was that was one of the most you know the I don't know if I've ever seen a game, especially a playoff game, especially a bowl game like that, where Garbage time basically started in the second quarter. It was over. Yeah, yeah. like in the you know put put they put they put a uh, put Jalen Hurts in a coffin, mm-hmm. and there was nothing they could do. You know, CD Lamb had one good catch, and he was you know he was the guy we were all worried about. And he had and, one good drop too. I should add. Yeah, he did have one good drop. <laughs> well done. And then uh, you know on the on the other side, Burrow was doing what Burrow does. Justin Jefferson doing what Jefferson does. Jamar Chase a little bit quiet, but he really we did you know we didn't really have to hear from him that much because Jefferson was doing everything for us, and I mean Chris Curry, what can you say about him? We'll all get into that with the offense, but yeah. overall that was I think that might have been the most impressive performance that we've seen in the in the college football playoff era. Yeah, I completely agree. There were a lot of people I was seeing that were saying that either Ohio State or Clemson should have been the number one team going into the playoff. And LSU, like, well, we probably had the best resume. We weren't so, quote-unquote, as dominant as those teams. Complete. Yeah. And in this game, we absolutely proved that we deserve to be that number one team. We were by far the most dominant team. And, I mean, obviously the Clemson-Ohio State game was much closer than this one. But I don't think either of those teams would have thrashed Oklahoma to this level. Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson looked like they had done the little kind of Star Trek mind mill where they were just 100% on the same wavelength, knew exactly where each other were going to be. Joe with a magic touch, just flicking the ball with ease down the field. And obviously seven touchdowns will get into the offense a little bit more here, but it was just a, a spectacle to behold. And then, yeah, the, the backs stepped up in uh, Edwards Delaire's absence, and then the defense played great. Uh, 28 points is a decent margin, but that was one of the lower totals Oklahoma's been held to all year, and they have an explosive offense with Jalen Hurts. So, I mean, to, to do that is just as good as anything else. And then, yeah, just it was an all-around complete performance. And if we play like that again, then I don't think the national championship is going to be that much of a different. Yeah, I, I don't see how it could be um, because I don't know if you watched, uh, you know, the Ohio State-Clemson game, but, uh, you know, uh, Clemson couldn't really stop Ohio State at first. Uh, then, you know, the tables kind of turned. But that's that's kind of what I was looking at is, you know, you can make as many arguments as you want for Clemson, and, you know, they're still undefeated. And here there was that one game against UNC, but they destroyed everybody since then. Uh, you know what? I, I would I would, uh, I would would lobby back to them. Well, you know what? LSU hasn't lost, hasn't been losing to anybody like that. If anything, it's it, can you, if you can keep up with LSU – good for you. You're going to have to. And nobody has. Some teams came close, but they were never 16 points behind. You know, I don't think they were ever more than a touchdown behind all season. So that's why I now say, you know, I just, I think they're unbeatable. And it starts with the offense. Uh, You know, again, we can get the defense here in a second, but the offense itself, 
I have no problem saying, and I think most pundits across the country would agree, the offense is unstoppable. There should be no way that if you are selected for the playoff that you allow a team to score 63 points, even if you're down all your guys. You know, LSU was playing UCF uh, last year. They were down a bunch of guys, and their defense still held. They did fine. They won the game. They ran away with it. But, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be able to stop this offense. I mean, uh, you were talking about uh, Brady – excuse me, uh, Joe Burrow and uh, Jefferson operating. Uh, they, they were on 99s overall all night, pretty much the whole season. So that, that duo right there is unstoppable. I mean, it just um, looked like he was playing on freshman mode. You know, yeah. come on. Come on, world. Turn it up to yeah. All-American. I mean, I, I would understand if you don't want to turn it up to Heisman. but Right, you right. Know, like, all my, all my real NCAA fans will know what I'm talking about. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. I, I do have this to ask, though. Um, uh, and, you know, feel free to add your, your comments about the offense. But the, the, only, the only question I had, and I think I'll let you guys know this during the game, was why, why do you think Burrow was in so long? Because, like you said, at the end of the first half, that was pretty much game over. It looked like a final score to me. And, but Joe Burrow continued to play in the third quarter, which I understand. And then I thought, all right, at the beginning of the fourth, they'll take him out. But they didn't. He played almost, uh, you know, almost the, the next half of the fourth quarter before they put Miles Brennan in. So uh, I don't know. What, what do you think, uh, why do you think they did that? Just, just to, to make a point? Do you think they were trying to try new things just for the next game? What, you know, what, what's your take on that? I just think that it, when you're in a when you're in a semifinal playoff game, it's hard to hard to justify taking off. You know, even even though you're up by 50 points or whatever they were up by, you know, at the start of the second half, it was what 60 or no 50. Well, I'm not sure what the yeah. yeah 50 something to 14. Yeah. You know, even then, I I still under I, I would agree. I think it's hard to justify taking out your your starter. It's almost disrespectful. It's, yeah, it's almost disrespectful. <laughs> it's kind of but I mean even even more than that, like. You know, we've seen crazy things happen in the playoff, and with a team like team like Oklahoma, um, you know, not to say that that our, you know, I don't. This obviously didn't happen, and it wasn't really close to happening. But you never know if you know they, if they get two quick scores, they're a little, they're you know, they're they're kind of back in the game. So I understand leaving them in. Um, maybe they left them in a little bit too early, too late. Maybe they, you know, maybe they didn't. Um, we got out of it without any any problems or injuries or anything like yeah. that so you know well it was the one fumble recovery once i saw that i was thinking get him out yeah no i think you're right yeah and i i saw that was that was right on that was on my end so i watched that happen i was like oh no <laughs> yeah i just i just i guess i have fears of you know just watching that to a to an injury happen and i'm like i i don't know it's i understand what you're saying about you know, just leaving them in for the, you know, just for the sake of accomplishments and just respect for all that. But I don't know. Makes me nervous, you know. Uh, so kind of on the topic of injury management, I think we did a really good job in the run game. Uh, Clyde Brazilaire, we didn't really know whether he was going to play or not. And ended up he, he got a little bit of work in the first quarter, two carries for 14 yards, one really nice run where he trucked an Oklahoma State oh, yeah, uh, linebacker. Um, but, yeah, and then they took him out after that. Obviously, we didn't really need him, which was the hope going in. Uh, to save him for the championship, but Chris Curry stepped up really big uh, in his stead. He had 16 carries for 89, which is and no touchdowns, which isn't crazy, but you can see he was running with authority, getting to the second level on a lot of carries, 
And so him and the combination, yeah, John Emery kind of vultured a touchdown at the very end of the game, and uh, Ty Davis-Price had a couple of good runs as well, so that three-headed monster there definitely filled in for Clyde. And even if Clyde's not at 100% in the Clemson game, which I hope he is, I think we'll, we'll be fine there. And, you know, that's what we talked about last time on this podcast. Uh, you know, the that was our major question. That was the big question mark going into this game with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being such a, a pivotal uh, cog within our offense, you know, how would how would LSU respond with, with pretty much not playing him? Because, um, mm-hmm. of course, when we were recording last, you know, last week, we thought he wasn't going to play at all. So, and and credit to Chris Curry, you know, he's a guy who you haven't heard as much about. You know, the, the focus has really been on Emory and Price. Um, and, you know, he's been just, to- you know, plodding along, putting in his work. Um and man, he had a he showed out. That was a great performance by him. I, I when I first saw him, you know, get a couple carries, and I mean, he was running like Daniel said with authority. I think his his nickname is something you know something beast mode. He's kind of you know an homage to uh, Marshawn Lynch. He looked like Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. and I'm excited for him for the future. I'm excited for him to get more carries. I I would think that you know he might get he might split a few carries with um you know he might be the number two guy now with uh, Edward Hilaire for the national championship, and I think that's a great thing. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I just I knew if he was given the chance uh, that he was going to just show it because, you know, it wasn't just – he's had fresh legs all season. You know, it's it's one thing to have in a game, but, you know, over a season, you know, guys can wear down. But, yeah, I mean, he, he had something to prove, and that's, that's exactly how he ran. Uh, so, yeah, good for him, good for the whole committee. You know, the young guys getting in uh, – getting some touchdowns on the national stage. You could tell they enjoyed it. Um, and I would say, you know, this, you know, Homer alert coming, but I think this was the difference between, you know, playing a, an SEC schedule versus a, a Big 12 schedule, per se, since we're talking about Oklahoma, who's in the Big 12. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of these good runs came right up the middle. And, guys, it's, you know, it's run, one in the trenches. And just LSU, just like, you know, like you were saying, Curry, he just powered through guys right up the middle and – yeah, they, they just they couldn't stop it, and you know that just helped them move the ball that much more. And uh, you know it it shows up that we didn't really, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal that Clyde wasn't there. And uh, you know I, I think I gave Oklahoma's defense way too much credit, you know, just based on you know LSU had some guys fall off last year, this year, and you know you didn't see too much of a drop off. But I don't know if it's if that's what it was, but Oklahoma's defense did not look championship caliber and uh, you know LSU exposed them the um the thing about uh, Burrow you know pulling Burrow I I after looking back on it and after seeing on Twitter um the you know the the Oklahoma was was playing pretty dirty you see that hit on on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire yeah you know defenseless wasn't even blocking wasn't even really in the play and that guy just you know went after his uh went after his head it was pretty I mean, it was terrible um, glad he's okay. Glad no concussion or anything like that. He jumped right back up. But um, you know, when you, with that kind of play that you're seeing, I I I would actually agree that maybe maybe you look at pulling him a little bit early. Just uh, you know, glad it didn't happen. I'm glad nothing happened. You know, obviously he played and everything's fine, and we're moving on to the last game of the season. But you know, with the way that they were talking on Twitter and the way that uh, the way that you know some of those hits played out, I wouldn't have been surprised if they tried to take a dirty shot at him. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy that Joe Burrow threw for 493 yards and seven touchdowns 
but he did not have the best QBR quarterback rating of any quarterback in this game. Miles Brennan actually had a higher QBR at 99.8 compared to Joe Burrow's 98.5, uh, given Miles only completed on three passes. But according to the stats, maybe even better. That's a lie. Yeah, maybe we should bench Burrow and put uh, and start Brennan for the national championship just to kind of you know switch up on him. That can be your conspiracy this week. Just kind of yeah, just, think about. Yeah. We need to give Joe something to think about so that he, you know, gets back on track uh, and plays the rest of these four quarters. Yeah, I think Joe <laughs> needs to get his head in the game. Let's, let's yeah. light a fire under him and, and yeah, say, exactly. hey, you're, you're playing for your job now, Burrow. <laughs> right. Uh, although, you know, if I was Joe Burrow, I would say, look, uh, I just set an NCAA record, first 5,000-yard passer with 2,000-yard receivers, 1,000-yard rusher. So, uh, you know, leave me out if you want, but I got that going for me which is nice. Um, so uh, LSU's defense looked nice, guys. I, I thought, um, you know, to kind of complement LSU's offense early on, uh, the defense came, you know, they, they came pretty fired up. And it's kind of like the last few games we've noticed. Uh, but this game especially, you know, you could just see uh, Oklahoma had to, had to punt, had to punt. They had an interception, and they had, a, had to punt again. Uh, so... I don't know. I think the defense is where we want them to be, where we've wanted them to be all year, uh, which I think is going to be good because, you know, again, Clemson's going to be a, a little bit different animal. Uh, Jalen Hurts is good, but it's just going to be a different set of metrics going with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I mean, he, he kind of showed in the Fiesta Bowl that he, he can run pretty darn good himself, um, but he's, I don't think he's like more of the dual threat, like purposeful, like Jalen Hurts. Or, uh, you know, like a Lamar Jackson where you just, you know they're going to run. He can just run whenever he needs to. You get a 67-yard TD. But um, I I don't know. I, I think the defense is is where we want them to be. You know, I remember we were saying weeks and weeks ago, relax, it's game three, relax, it's game four. Well, here we are. So I think the defense is where we want them to be. Uh, let's, let's go to you, Daniel. Um, you know, what, what, what do you say? Was there... I mean, it wasn't flawless, I would say, but uh, pretty darn good at the right time of year, right? Yeah, so like I said kind of in the intro, we, we gave up 28 points, but for an Oklahoma offense, as dangerous as they are with Jalen Hurts and uh, C.D. Lamb and Kennedy Brooks, that's about as bottled up as they can be. Jalen Hurts less than 50% passing, um, picked them off once, and then we really just stopped their run game in its tracks, not even 100 yards rushing, um, you can see they were uh, hurt a little bit by the lack of their backup running back who was suspended, but the defense would have done the same even with him. Uh, Caleb Von Chaseland had a really big game with two sacks and then a number of key stops. He was really fired up. He's actually been moving up NFL draft boards, I've seen, to like kind of mid to late first-round pick. So the scouts are really starting to take notice of his kind of late-season dynamic play. And then everybody else kind of did their job. Um yeah, everybody um, on the edges. It was kind of fun to watch. Uh, Derek Stingley versus Jaden Hazelwood, Oklahoma's uh, freshman wide receiver. Both were top five recruits in last year's class. I think Stingley was number two or three, and Hazelwood was like four or five. So each was the number one at their position. And I think Stingley got the better of him all night. Um, and then, yeah, the linebackers, Phillips and Queen, were just plugging all the gaps. And then we'll get to it in a second, but Michael Divinity has announced that he'll be back for the national championship to bolster that defense even further so I'm not quite sure how Aranda's going to slot him in. I don't know if he's maybe out of practice or, or what, but 
uh, just another great acquisition. And we'll look to, to stuff another dynamic offense in Clemson. I'll yeah. anything else on that, Tommy. I, I just think that, that this, this defense is really peaking at the right time. Uh, the offense has been consistently, you know, the best in college football by almost all the metrics the entire season. Defense ups, has had ups and downs. Um, but, you know, ever since, I, I'd say, you know, ever since the maybe the Arkansas game or definitely the A&M game, this defense has, has stepped up to the plate and pretty much been dominant. You know, and they've done exactly what they needed, what, what LSU has needed to do to, um, you know, to, to not only win these games, but decisively win these games. And, you know, we're going to need it in, in, on, on uh, January 13th against Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins, Travis Etienne, Justin Ross. Uh, you know, they're no, uh, it's not some, you know, scrub squad. But uh, with the way that we played, you know, again, uh, Last week, I mean, not last week. The way we played on Saturday, I don't think uh, I think we can handle it. So I'm very pleased with the way the defense is going. I think Aranda's finally, um, you know, kind of figured out exactly how to dial it in. You see that third down package where they, uh, you know, put in freshman Marcel Brooks, um, and uh, Baskerville gets a little bit of play as well. You know, they put in some of these some of these, uh, you know, younger guys and. That that seems to really uh, help with the pass rush on uh, some of those passing downs. I, I like that move. You know, they they started implementing that earlier, kind of mid mid to mid late season. Um, so really, you know, I think that he's made all the adjustments and kind of silenced all the all the people who are who are you know saying fire Aranda, get rid of him. We need somebody new. Yeah, well, those people were just silly. Um, I mean, we were kind of lucky he you know didn't end up going to UNLV or or elsewhere. I actually would have been surprised, but I mean, he's he's that good. People want him. You know, there was news that came out today about Joe ba- Brady being considered, you know, for the Ravens' offensive coordinator position when uh, when that head coach takes over. So, I mean, they they're they're coming for the assistance, folks. And but you know, hopefully LSU can hang on to him. But yeah, uh, it, one name that you guys didn't mention that I wanted to mention was uh, was Kerry Vinci Jr. I mean, how good of a game did he have? Because while Stingley was locking down, um, uh, <clears throat> Stingley, well, they had a matchup against C.D. Lamb for a while, and then against Jaden Hazelwood for a while. Hazelwood, uh, thank you. Yeah, but didn't they? Uh, you know, uh, it seemed like C.D. Lamb was locked down by Kerry Vincent, at least for most of the game. I mean, he had uh, he had over 100 yards catching, but he he didn't score once. Um, and that's, you can have all the yards you want as long as you don't score a TD, which you know they didn't. They didn't have one receiving TD. So I, I'd say DBU. Uh, earned its moniker and came to play. All their touchdowns came from rushing. So uh, I think that says it all right there. Um, and I don't know, as far as I'd say special teams, you know, I, I, I got nothing. They, they they punted once. They they didn't really have any uh, any kicks. They didn't need to. They had one interception, but they didn't, uh, you know, nothing really there. They didn't have to punt. They, they didn't have to kick a, well, they missed one field goal, but it obviously didn't matter. Um, but yeah, man, just probably, I don't know, would you say that's probably the best performance you have seen by an LSU team, given the stage in, I don't know, your lifetime? Well, uh, my, I, I, you know, I didn't see, I didn't get a chance to see the, the 58 team or the 59 team. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that's why I'm but yeah, I think in my lifetime. Yeah. You know, from like 2000 I, on, basically. 2000 on, I would say so. I think that. 
Um, you know, I remember. I don't remember the 2003 game that much because I was what? Daniel, how, how old were we? Like probably five, six. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. six, maybe seven. Um, at that time, and then, so I don't really remember that game. I remember the 07 game. Um, watching that, I guess I was like 12. And then uh, I think that you know the greatest performance I've probably ever seen, other than this one, was was probably that uh, the Alabama. LSU game in 2011, um, oh, right. but I mean, I'm telling you, this definitely tops it. I mean, this had everything. Uh, you know, what, one of my favorite moments in the in the game was when Oklahoma tried to attempt that bush league double reverse pass, and Kerry Vincent just runs across the field, takes it away from him. You know, you get that out of here. <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna try and pull off these little you know bush league gadget plays on us. Uh, and you know, I thought that was that was really deflating for uh, for Oklahoma, as it yeah. should be. But I, honestly, can you blame them? I mean, they're they're trying their playbook. Uh, they went past their scripted fifteen twenty plays, and they still couldn't do anything. Uh, I mean, at some point, you gotta you gotta pull out the tricks, right? Uh, but it didn't work. You know, nothing was working against LSU. Yeah, they tried they tried two two little uh, you know double double you know handoffs or whatever, a little uh, jet sweep with a toss. Uh, didn't work, you know. Uh, Jacoby Stevens was all over it, batted it down, and then they tried the other one, and and Kerry Vincent had the nice interception. Um, yeah, you know, you can't blame them when you're down when you're down by that much. Like, you know, pull out everything, throw the kitchen sink at it. But I also thought that, uh, you know, I thought that was I felt that was a, a fitting a fitting way for us to uh, to end end that nonsense. Yeah, yeah exactly. it was a little reminiscent of the 2007 championship game against Ohio State, and the fact that. Like, it was so, like, hyped up, and then we just kind of dismantled them and then took all the air out of it. But this is even more so. Like, this game was over halfway into the second quarter. And obviously that was for the national championship, and then it was over after that. Well, here we still have one more to play. But there was just a whole, there's just a whole other level of, like, hype and stuff. I feel around the team this year with Joe winning the Heisman and just the way we've been kind of running through teams. And so, obviously that train rolls on, and this is probably going to be the biggest game for LSU, I would say, since 2000, if we win it, obviously, I would say this is maybe more of an important championship, especially given the magnitude of the playoff where you have to get through four teams instead of just a computer tells you who you're going to play. Um, but, yeah, so it's just incredible to see us really step up and, and put that stamp on it. And like you said, uh, it was just an all-around performance. The offense only having to punt one time, they couldn't stop us at all, and the defense doing the exact inverse. So I guess we can – go into who we're going to be facing that national championship now with the Clemson versus Ohio State game. Yeah, did you guys, were you able to watch any of that game? I, I watched the whole thing uh, with my family, and, yeah, because I was at home in Baton Rouge, and, yeah, I mean, Clemson pulled out the end at the beginning. I mean, I'm not going to say anything that nobody else hasn't already said here, but Ohio State was just looking like they were that team, and Clemson was kind of the pretender on the stage, and then a couple of key calls just went, uh, in Clemson's favor, Ohio State's been uh, having some gripes about that, and maybe they have a, a point to be uh, upset about it, but that's just how things go. And, yeah, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, through all the passes he needed to, made a couple of huge runs, and Ohio State kind of got exposed in the red zone. I think they had three trips into the red zone and came away with nine points total. They kicked a field goal every time, and you can't do that if you're going to win it all. So... I think I was a little bit more scared of Ohio State. Tommy, I think you were um, 
yeah, I, I was I'm more I was more scared of Clemson. I think going to that game. One one I didn't get to watch the whole game just because I left. I was leaving the LSU game when it started, and then went and got dinner and kind of you know in and out of the hotel. I did watch the last half. I think that the one the one thing that I you know for my not uh, for my limited viewing of it, and I don't know if you if y'all agree because you watched more of it. I mean that was a very evenly matched game. I think that both teams showed that. Um, you know, as opposed to it's almost polar opposites to the to the other semifinal game that we just talked about. You know, in the LSU game, there was one team that 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 was range supreme, and the other who, you know, clearly was not uh, was not capable of of contending. In the uh, you know, in that Ohio State Clemson game, I really think either team could have won. I think that both teams, you know, they they have different identities. Um, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence with a with you know nice runs, and I think that's something. Um, you know, to watch out for, but that's not his game. Um, exactly. That's, that's you know, Clemson, I think Clemson added it in. I, and actually, I'll give credit to, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a coach at Rummel, and, you know, he was saying, and we were talking about Trevor Lawrence, and he was saying that, you know, that was Trevor Lawrence's game in high school. He was a running guy. And when he got to Clemson, they said they kind of made him into more of a pocket passer to fit their scheme. Um, he thought it was interesting that, you know, they incorporated some of those read options because they were kind of saying, you know, that's the way we gotta, we're going to have to beat Ohio State. Because really, if you run the read option the right way, you know, it can take Chase, uh, Chase Young out of the game. So, and, and we saw that with him running off for 68 yards. So maybe that's something to watch out for. Although I don't think that, uh, I mean, judging by the way Jalen Hurts, you know, had pretty much no luck running the ball against us. You know, I don't know if that would be something to watch out for in our game. Um but even still, you know, I, I I was more afraid of Clemson. I think going into the game, or going in to go. But uh, after watching LSU play, you know, I'm even more confident about you know give us give us whoever. Let's just go out there and execute. I think when we're when we're firing on all cylinders, we're executing. There aren't many teams that can hang with us. Uh, you know, Clemson, Ohio State, who you know whoever. Um, right. I think one one person to watch for is definitely Travis Etienne. I think I, you know there's a lot of debate about who you know who's better at Ohio State Clemson. Well, also there was a lot of debate of who's better, J.K. Dobbins or Travis Etienne. Uh, you know, I, I think Travis is a, a deadly in space, especially when uh, you know he works into that screen game or that passing game. It's kind of you know Clemson's going to play I think pretty similar to LSU. Um, you know, with working their running backs in, into the passing game. And uh, really relying on Trevor Lawrence's arm the same way we rely on Joe's arm. I think we've got the better receivers. I think we've got the better DBs. So, um, you know, I think that's an advantage for us. We'll probably we'll do a better, you know, a much bigger breakdown going into the game next week. So tune in for that. Um, but you know, initially going into it, I, I I still like our chances. I still think LSU is you know is still is going to go in, um, you know, the favorite. But uh, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. Yeah, one thing to add is Clemson's health on offense, where both of their top two receivers, T. Higgins and Justin Ross, uh, went off the field with injuries at different stages in the game. And I think both returned later on in the game. But that's just something to keep an eye on. And then Trevor Lawrence, too. He took a couple of big shots. Um, there was a couple on early on in the game. And then Ohio State laid one big sack from Malik Harrison onto him. Uh, kind of, And they also had a targeting penalty against him. So, I mean, obviously, he still looks really good and stuff, but 
I mean, that stuff kind of wears on you, so I'm sure he's uh, not feeling his best yesterday morning and today. So that's just something to keep an eye on. And obviously LSU kind of took a couple of hits, but uh, we came out of the, the game for the most part. One thing we didn't mention, I think, it, was it Damian Lewis yep. uh, who, who went down with injury in the LSU game? So hopefully, uh, from what I've seen, the, the prognosis is good so far, and he's expected to play in the championship, so hopefully he gets better. Uh, but if we can really just kind of attack the quarterback and keep up the pressure like Caleb Vaughn and uh, Rashard and stuff, then if we can get to Trevor, then I think we have a really good chance. Uh, and then because Ohio State kind of bottled up Clemson's rush attack too a little bit, except for a couple of big plays. Like ETN only had 36 rushing yards the whole game. He had a couple of big plays receiving, but that's kind of our strength too in the rush defense. So I think as long as we can contain there, then our uh, skill on the edge kind of matches up well with their receivers and we'll be all right. And I mean, the other thing, and, and you know, this is a kind of a, a question mark for us, but prior to the Alabama game, we lost our leading sack, or our sack leader in Michael Divinity. He's back now. So, you know, I, I wouldn't expect him. I think a lot of people were saying, you know, he probably won't start or he probably won't be, you know, the centerpiece of our, of our defense, maybe the way, he, you know, you think he would have been at the beginning of the season. But having that extra pass rusher in there uh, to get people rest and to, uh, and to, you know, get different looks. And, and also, this is a guy who they really don't have him on film. So it's an interesting, you know, that's an interesting dynamic to watch out for. Um, I'd be I'd really interested to see what Aranda will do with him. I don't know yeah. if he'll, you know, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, the defensive MVP or anything like that. But the kind of the storyline of the redemption story and him being able to uh, to get in there and you know make a difference, uh, I think that that could be a, a, a big factor for us. Absolutely, uh, and there's you know the, the the intangibles where he's been sitting on the sideline all this time and he's he's been missing the field. You know he did what he had to do to to finish his, you know, get his grades and graduate, and, you know, I don't know if that's part of why he was out, but, I mean, the guy, the guy has got to be ready. He's been working out on his own, but there's nothing like being on the field and getting that action, um, and it's, you know, I, I've been there, you know, with different sports that I've played. It's like, you, you just can't wait to get on the field, and you got all this energy, and, Kind of like how Chris Curry ran in this last game against Oklahoma. I think that's how Michael Divinity is going to be on defense when he gets in the game. You know, it remains to be seen how rusty he might be. You know, but I imagine he's been uh, been as you know conditioned as he can be on the sidelines by himself. And he's been at practice every day. You know, we've seen yeah. we've seen videos and seen pictures of him. He's in full pads. He's doing everything that I I believe he's been doing everything that everybody else is doing. So. Yeah. You know, I think he should be as prepared as he possibly can be. You know, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no rep in practice like a game rep. But, you know, I, I, you can, it's only going to be a net good for us, right? Our right. defense has been great without him, but adding him in there is not going to hurt us at all. I, you know, so I'm interested to see him. I'm interested to see, you know, what some of the other analysts say. The other interesting thing to look out for is, um, you know, especially if you, if you watch that game, you know. Uh, that Brent Venables and, and Clemson's defense really relied on relied on uh, different blitzes, you know, corner blitzes, uh, linebacker blitzes, different stunts with the defensive line, even some safety blitzes. Um, that you know, that's that's their bread and butter, and that's kind of how they got to uh, to Justin Fields and uh, J.K. Dobbins. Well, we've seen in the past Joe Burrow thrives when you bring pressure. He's got that pocket presence, like you know, like not many quarterbacks we've seen. Uh, you know, ever, and and he he really you know he 
is able to work the pocket and move, you know, six inches within the pocket to just totally evade a guy and get a throw off. So, and of course, when you bring pressure, that leaves a lot of uh, a lot of open field and open space for our for our receivers to get in. So, you know, I'd love to. I think I think that'll be a key for us. And you know, I'm hoping that um, obviously, you know, LSU will be prepared for that uh, as far as with protection and everything. But you know, I, w- I almost say I almost say uh, Clemson. You know, blitz with um, blitz with care because uh, Burrow can slice you up. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll add this too, um, not to take anything away from Ohio State because they are good, especially their offense in Justin Fields, and not not to take anything away from Clemson's defense. But you know, it, two two errant passes are why Clemson won that game. So you could say, well, Justin Fields kind of, you know, with those two interceptions is what gave Clemson, uh, one, it was a change of momentum. The other was the game. You know, there was nobody around that guy. It was the, there was nobody around the defense back. He just, like, reached over and caught it. And, you know, without that, Ohio State would have won the game, I, I think. It, you know, it's highly possible. But, but of course, if a, a, a fumble, fumble call goes the other way, Ohio State wins the game, too. True, true, exactly. So that's what I'm saying is, you know, to try and, you know, talk you down off the ledge, Tommy, you're saying you're <laughs> nervous about it. But if you think about it, Clemson was one or two plays away from losing this game also. Um, and, you know, they, they hadn't really been tested like that since UNC. So that's why I'm not scared about them. I'm just scared about, you know, maybe LSU taking it too lightly because of how much they won by versus how how these two teams kind of had to battle it out uh, in the, uh, you know, in the also ran bowl, basically. But I, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, I think uh, Clemson would give a, a stiffer, a little bit stiffer game than Ohio State would, but I just, I just don't think it's going to be near enough. You know, like I said, I think I gave Oklahoma too much credit, but I, I don't know. I feel like Clemson's going to you know, be in the same position as Oklahoma once, once this game comes around. Call me, call me cocky, though. I don't know. Well, I certainly hope so. Yeah, I yeah. think everyone, I think everyone listening to this podcast hopes so, unless we got <laughs> defectors from Clemson listening. Right. Um, but you know, overall, what a year. What can we say? I mean, this is. Ah, no. We're. I'm. I'm so glad. You know, this is like you, you said when we met in Atlanta. What a year to start a podcast. You know, yeah. this has been maybe the most historic year in LSU football history. Um. Whatever happens on on uh, January thirteenth, you know this team has cemented itself. This team has cemented this program into that uh, even more elite echelon of, uh, of of college football. You know we're up there. We're when I think that before we would all agree LSU was an elite program, but they were not talked about the same way that Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State were. You know those were the the, the three that you just penciled in the playoff. If they didn't make the playoff, there was some fluke or, you know, what's wrong at, you know, respective school? You know, does the coach need to be fired? And, you know, a lot of people didn't give LSU as much credit as, uh, as we've gotten now. And I think that this will be a transcendent year regardless of what happens um, for the program. And it'll be a joy to watch. It's been a joy to watch this year. It'll be a joy to watch in the future. No, I completely agree and can't wait to, to bring you all coverage of this just insane national championship game and then just – gives you hope for the future for the LSU football program and that we really are that team that can beat anybody at this point. And we've proven that and we'll continue to do so in the future. Absolutely. Um, and of course we're going to get into uh, LSU and Clemson 
we uh, you know we got next week to to dive into that. Uh, you know there could be some uh, like you said Michael Divinity is going to come back. Uh, that's going to be a key, and you know hopefully everyone stays healthy on both teams uh, going up to this leading up to this game. You know for the next two weeks of practices and all that. But you know you never know. There might be uh, might be something new to report. Because uh, you remember, there's some some guys from Oklahoma that got suspended before the game. It wasn't even an injury. It was just something they did off the field. So, who knows? But um, plenty of other football going on. I was going to see if you guys, you know, have had watched any of the other games. If there was any any other score out there, you know, that kind of just I don't know, kind of stood out to you. I know I have one, but I, I wanted to see see if you guys had any anything else from. Uh, from bowl season that you wanted to mention? Uh, nothing too specific off the top. I think what most people are waiting for is New Year's Day, January 1st, when they have the, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl and, and the big ones in the Citrus Bowl when Alabama plays. So just kind of interested to see how like motivated they might be. Also, one thing uh, for our fans who are wanting more LSU football, tune in on January 2nd for the Under Armour All-American Bowl. Uh, for the top high school prospects, several of our recruits from this year's class are playing in that. So uh, tune in to that and see your future Tigers play. Uh, I know I will be. And, yeah, so that's the, the big thing. And that'll kind of whet your appetite for next week as we go into the championship. I think one of the bowls that really, uh, you know, I enjoyed watching and that uh, I wouldn't say surprised me, but uh, I was you know, pleased to see it was uh, uh, Louisiana Tech shutting out Miami. Yeah, Pretty big disappointment favorite. this year for the Hurricanes. Really just topped off with even more disappointment. And, uh, you know, a great way for uh, Louisiana Tech to end their season. Yeah, I think it's kind of, uh, I don't know if the word's apropos, but just, the, you know, the season that the Dolphins have been having and now the, the Hurricanes, like the U is so far from being back. It's just, it's sad. You know, they just, they they replaced their coach. They, they did everything and they put up a goose egg against La Tech. But, you know, Congrats to La Tech on winning 14 to zero. I mean that not only was the game, but the score was just pathetic for Miami. You know, it's like La Tech could could do 14 points, and that's all they needed. Um, I, I think the only other game that I was kind of amazed by was Iowa just doubling up and beating the heck out of USC. Yeah, which you know was another one of those storied programs where you thought, all right, well, you no, know, they got they they have their coach now. They said, nope, we, you know, we had a good run of victories, Clay Hilton's our guy. And then they just get absolutely embarrassed in the bowl game. And you know I wonder if they bowl. wonder if they regret that hire after that bowl because you, Maybe. you know you're right. I was looking at I was looking at all the bowls right now and that one jumps out as well. And especially yeah. for a team that, you know, was rumored to have Urban Meyer on the way or um, you know, whoever, take your pick. All the big names were kind of kind of uh you know put thrown that way. Um yeah, it's a, yeah, that's a big disappointment. Yeah, uh, so who knows where those two programs are going? Uh, I mean, I, I still think the coaching carousel is is yet to be you know stop spinning because I, I don't know uh, you know these these guys got to be looking elsewhere after after those performances. Uh, I imagine a lot of them are going to come looking at LSU guys, but LSU says they have a plan in place for Joe Brady and maybe Aranda's interests you know have all, all been. Uh, doused, you know, all those little flames of interest, but uh, we'll see. Um, I don't know anything else that you guys wanted to touch on before we look forward to uh, to next week and the breakdown between Clemson and LSU. I think one one thing to wrap up is I saw an interesting stat. I'm sure you all saw it. 
In the past two games, LSU has beaten their opponents 100 to 38. And so that, I think that's a testament to LSU's you know, dominant offense and the, the defense that's really improved over the past you know, four or five weeks. Uh, and then you know, just to, to uh, keep going off that, LSU for the season has 684 total points scored and 303 points allowed. You know, I think that uh, that shows any time that you uh, score double all, or more than double the amount of points that your opponent that you allow your opponents to score, you're going to win. So that's pretty good analysis. That's some hard hitting analysis you get on talking tigs. It's like a Booger McFarlane like Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah. If you throw uh, the ball, someone will catch it. <laughs> yeah. If you score more points than the other team, you win. Right. So that's my analysis. Um, I think that you know if LSU does if LSU is able to score more points than Clemson. Uh, we might win the national championship. So take that one to your water cooler. Tell that to your boss. You heard it here, folks. Uh, speaking of points, uh, I think LSU, the latest I saw, I think they were a six-point favorite. Uh, have you seen anything different than that? And do you think that is just absurdly low, given, given what else has, has, has transpired? I just, you know, if, if LSU wins, I don't see it being by six points. Uh, I just see it being way higher. Uh, I, you know, it, it, it opened at minus three, jumped up to, I think, minus five and a half. I think you're right. At some, some places you'll see it minus six or minus six and a half. Um, I mean, I think that's, that's a pretty hefty number, um, you know, for a national championship. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you that, that, that I could totally see LSU, you know, winning by 15, 14, 17 points. But uh, when you look at, when you're looking at, you know, uh, the spreads like that, having a spread that's s- over seven points on a national championship, uh, especially you know when you look at a team like Clemson, you know I, I, I'm I'm not saying it's I'm not saying that's that's not a good number. Um, let's not forget that Clemson or was or Alabama was favored by five and a half against Clemson in the national championship last year, a one versus two matchup, and Clemson ended up beating them by almost thirty points. So hopefully, uh, now I don't think that's going to happen to us. The situation is flipped here, but uh, I wouldn't wouldn't take it too lightly. And then I think it's probably about right, given that they have won what their past like twenty eight games, and it's hard to to bet too strongly against the Clemson Tigers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I again, I'm not um, I'm not saying that it, that LSU won't can't cover that by any means, but I don't think that number is is outrageously outrageously low. Now, when it opened at minus three. I was like, okay, that's a good number. You know, that's a, you know, get that. And, and obviously, you know, as as usual, the uh, the betting public took it up and they moved that number all, you know, all pretty much doubled that number. So, uh, you know, we'll see where it settles out. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if more money came in on Clemson because the, uh, you know, the media is going to talk this up. And I think that I, I the feeling I get is that the, the media is going to be on. They're, they're going to want Clemson. Um, they're going to want a good game. They're gonna they want, a good, want a yeah. They're gonna want a good game, and I think that they they like that storyline of Dabo. I mean, I'm I'm just nauseated right now of having to hear Dabo talk about how he's so put upon because it's like you know oh we have to win 30 games in a row to be the champion. It's like yeah, everyone has to win a bunch of games to win, Dabo. Like <laughs> get over yourself. But um, so yeah, I think that I, I wouldn't be surprised if if more and more uh, money comes in on the Clemson side and actually that number goes down. So maybe if if that's you know that's your cup of tea, maybe wait it out a little bit before uh, before heading over to Vicksburg or wherever and mm-hmm. uh, placing your wager. I guess I guess my thought is LSU was a two touchdown favorite against Oklahoma. 
and they won by five. Five touchdowns. Uh, I forget the line on Ohio State-Clemson, but it was less than a touchdown, I think. Um, and actually, you know, Clemson won by, by six points. But, you know, the game itself was very close, very tight. I just, I just don't see it being the same game because Ohio State, it looked maybe good at first, but then they, you know, they kind of looked sloppy. Then they let Clemson get all the way back. And you can't say that Ohio State lost because of a fumble call because they had the lead before Clemson scored after that. So that's, that's, that's in the past. So, I don't know. If I was if I was a betting man, I would I would you know have LSU cover way beyond six. I don't know if you can even bet that, but I would say no. I have them up by three touchdowns. If uh, you know if you're going to pick them to win, pick them to win big because that's pretty much what they've done. There's only two games all season where they lost by or they won by less than a touchdown, right? Alabama and Auburn. Alabama and Auburn. Yeah. Um... And, you know, I think everyone would agree that, that Auburn was probably LSU's worst game of the season. Um, especially, definitely the offense's worst game of the season. You know, we yeah. had great uh, great luck moving the ball, just couldn't get it in the end zone, especially our, in our red zone. Looks like our red zone offense has been, has been really shaped up since then. Yeah. Uh, but, again, you know, maybe – and, again, maybe, maybe you're right, Scott. Maybe me and Dana are giving uh, Clemson a little bit too much credit. I know we were all apprehensive going into the Oklahoma game. So I hope I'm wrong. But um, I I don't think the compare I don't think that Clemson and Oklahoma are even in the same universe when it comes to uh you know talent level and uh you know competition. Yeah. Um. I'll just my final thought on that. I I heard this stats on the radio because I was listening to this game um as I was uh, finishing up work, and Clemson on its roster has eighty freshmen and sophomores. And you think, uh, you know, most teams can only dress, I think, 85. But that's, you know, a home game. I, I don't know what it is for traveling. But, you know, they can only dress like 85 or maybe 100 for a game at all. But 80 of them were freshmen and sophomores, which is good for their future. You know, Clemson's not going to be going anywhere, I don't think, in the next, you know, couple years. Because and they got, they've got six five stars coming in next year. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they just, you know, the rich get richer. But I think... Um, you know that's that also might be a little bit of a we can take advantage of that youth maybe yeah that's why I think that's why they won last year is because they had that experience you know all those seniors that stayed for that last year those defensive linemen guys especially that Rashard Lawrence yeah yeah so I think LSU has that in its favor Clemson's very young so yeah you know I think one one final point before we go the and people have looked at Josh Lemoyne has said you know other people have said it. That uh, Rashard Lawrence, our own Rashard Lawrence from Neville High School in Monroe, Louisiana, him deciding to stay for his senior year and not going to the draft was really, uh, I think, the first domino that um, you know that kind of started this this uh, this you know incredible ride that it's been. Because with him shoring up the defensive line, we don't have to rely as much on freshmen, and uh, you know we were able to to really you know trust our defensive line and, and, and work on the other problem areas that, you know, we've all addressed and here we are. So shout out to Rashard and, you know, he's having a great season. He had a great game last game. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope he, you know, shows out in the national championship like he's done all year. Yeah. About you, Daniel, any, uh, any final thoughts on these? Uh, not really excited to be back with y'all next week to get the, the full kind of huge preview of the Clemson game. But in the meantime, just bask in LSU's first ever win, and then while Oklahoma remains 0-4 in the playoffs, so good day to be a Tiger. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, one one last thought uh, that I did that we did wanted to uh, extend was um, was uh, some condolences because unfortunately there was some you know, some bad news that came out of uh, Tiger Nation this week. Uh, well, you know, kind of football football in general. There was a couple of passings, and one was uh, actually uh, the daughter-in-law of uh, offensive coordinator Steve Insminger. Um, his son's wife had. Uh, unfortunately died in a plane crash. Uh, her name was Carly McCord. Um, she was actually traveling to the game, and it was just a, a really unfortunate thing. And uh, we just here at uh, Talking Tigs wanted to extend our condolences to to, to their families and to uh, especially to Coach Insminger. He actually knew about this before the game, powered through, and then you know afterwards he called his son and was just kind of a rock for him, telling him, you're going to get through this. This is what we do. You're going to be fine. And just uh, you know, just the the gravitas for a coach to to hear that news and then still coach, and then his team just you know absolutely demolishes uh, the other team. Uh, it's just it's just really amazing. Just kind of shows the the character of him and and all those around him. Uh, and you also wanted to extend a condolences to to Edward Ashoff's family and and his wife and their family uh, because he passed this week and uh, he was a he was a a good reporter for ESPN and he actually did a, a few good stories on some LSU players. If you haven't seen them or, or read them already, please check those out. I remember back in the days when you know ESPN actually had comment boards with their articles. You know some of the guys would actually some of the authors would actually chime in uh, and engage with the fans and. Ed Ashoff was one of those guys, and, and he was he was objective and you know he was fair, and uh, you know so I have respect for him for doing that. Uh, I know he went to Florida, but you know it's uh, we'll, we'll give a pass on that because this is uh, you know it's a, it's a family, uh, SEC football, whatever you want to call it. But um, uh, he was a he was a good reporter, and we wanted to send condolences to them, and uh, and yeah, hopefully we don't have to have any more of these uh, anytime soon. Uh, and having said that, we want to welcome you back to Talking Tig next week. We'll have some more Clemson and LSU coverage for you. And any news that has come up in between then, who knows? The coaching carousel still turns. Uh, there might be some more recruiting news, but we'll have it for you next week on Talking Tigs. So have a good week and have a good New Year's. And we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs. Go Tigers!